0: Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador.
1: And welcome in to Inside the Huddle. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, your boy Q holding it down for Vinny Bonsignor as he is on vacation, a very well-deserved vacation. Uh Vinny works very, very hard and we are looking at training camp. We are staring training camp right in the face. So everyone's got to get their vacations in. JT's on vacation right now. Uh, Clay, he's got a couple days off as I was on this morning with Pritch. So this has become Raider Nation Radio 920 slash Q. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. Uh, everyone's getting their rest in right now as we prepare for the grind that is the, the NFL season. And I'll tell you this, Raider Nation, and Damon is my witness. Who's running the mothership, by the way? He's making everything happen here in the studio. I'm so glad the football season is here or is right around the corner. It's about to report to training camp. I'm about to tell you. (laughs) We were in the studio. I like to kind of get my mind right as I uh, get ready to do a show. I like to kind of get focused and forget about, you know, office work, other stuff. You know, what's going on, trying to find a house, which, by the way, I'm still doing. Trying to find a barber, which, by the way, I'm still doing. But I try to clear my mind. I try to get my mind right before the show. 100% focus on the show. Well, Daman, who's doing the same thing, is doing a lot of work on the other side of the board. And he's going through looking for some, maybe some audio, maybe some, some news that we can make sure to get to and talk about on the show. And what do we get? What does Daman walk into and kind of just get stuck? What rabbit hole does he go down? Daman, what was that that we were listening to? Besides, I know KD was involved. Kevin Durant but what was that we were listening to we were
0: listening to a space on Twitter Twitter spaces it's one of the best things Twitter's ever come up with because you can get an MVP like Kevin Durant that's just gonna dive into a space with Gravity Merchant and talk about his greatness and why that he feels that the entire narrative about the Warriors fans not liking him was made up and who's on the tip of your tongue right now who
1: can't you get out of your head what's that name well I'm talking about him you're right it worked I'm talking about Kevin Durant great player One couple rings with the Warriors, that's great. But whatever I just heard right now, it was the equivalent of driving on a long road trip, and believe me, I know all about that, with two kids in the backseat arguing the whole time. And the arguments aren't even good. They're the dumb arguments. Dad, Chris touched me. Dad, Tim touched me. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's just dumb. What was KD saying? He said, so you going to believe Ethan Strauss over me,
0: though? And that's all he kept repeating. Like, that was his How only... How does Ethan Strauss have this much clout with Warriors fans? Who Ethan is he? Ethan Strauss. He's a writer for The Athletic, by the way. But just Ethan kidding. Ethan Strauss. <laughs> Some people are probably going to be listening, like, who is Ethan, who is Ethan I Strauss? I mean,
1: for KD to be, lo- you know, losing his mind the way he was. That's... I mean, it was. it was... He was so hung up on him. I just couldn't... I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was terrible. And that's why I can't even describe it right, because it was just... It was like fingernails going down the chalkboards. That's just that annoying. You
0: call it the Cesspool and Spaces is the the combination. We can we can add voices to the Cesspool on Twitter and I love it. They canceled the game because of COVID. They were supposed to play Australia right. in a little exhibition. KD's in the hotel room. He's chilling now, no game.
1: So he's still in the city. Yeah, he's still in the city. I wish he'd call in.
0: No, call, oh, I wish I, I, I pop, pop where is he at? Like was, KD seven
1: hundred two three six five ninety two hundred. I know this is Radio Nation Radio nine and twenty. We're gonna get to it right now, but man, I just, I just need to, I just need to talk to him and say, hey, hey, dog, like you, you're, you're really providing way too much coverage, and you're giving way too much credence to whoever you're talking to in some space on Twitter. Look, Twitter's bad enough when you can just type. Now all of a sudden, I got to hear people talk to. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Thank you, NFL, for being right around the corner. Training camp. We just got our. Uh, we just got our, our media information, the updates today, and uh, on our emails about when the Raiders report, who's going to be available to meet with the media, what's the kind of protocols that the media is going to have as they're at the training facility there in Henderson where I was at yesterday and thank you to the Raiders for being very accommodating and uh, you know allowing me to come in there and do a two-hour radio show and uh, great facilities Uh, definitely appreciate that shout out to coach John Gruden for greeting me as I got to the to the parking lot that was awesome something I'll never forget
0: that's one of those movie moments. You were saying it on the show yesterday, and I was just like, "Okay." But I mean, you mentioned it again, so I'll, I'll believe no, it you that it happened. No, oh, it <laughs> happened.
1: I, look, this—the one thing you learned about me, Daman, there ain't nothing I say that ain't true. As bad as it might sound, as ugly as it might get, everything I say is true.
0: You were saying that, I was like, "So you telling me, head coach John Gruden, the the random car as you pulling up to get a closer parking yeah. spot, he's leaving you coming in, right, man?"
1: All right. And he rolled down the window. So I, this is one of the things I imagine. And I said this, and I, I, I let Pritch know this morning on on Pritch and Clay. I could imagine. Now, there's not too many police cars that I know that are Mercedes, but I imagine a police car that kind of rolls up. You know, you're you're driving one way, and the police car is coming your way, and then they start slowing down, and then they roll the window down, and they kind of get that look, like, yeah, how can I help you? You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of the. The feel I got, even though I knew it wasn't the police, I knew it wasn't security, I just thought it was someone going to tell me that I was not in the right area, that I needed to be parking somewhere else. And then all of a sudden, he rolls down the window, I roll down mine, I look over, it's head coach John Gruden. He's like, hey, how you doing? And of course, I got a big old cheese smile on my face when, when he said that. I'm, hey, coach, what's happening? You know, like, like, we go way back like the Commodores or something, which we don't, but it's okay. So it was good times, man. It was really good times. And I, I just... I can't believe that after he told me, hey, nice car, I said, yeah, you too. Like, that was. <laughs> but I'm sure he was also driving a nice I car. I mean, he was. He was in a nice blue Mercedes, which I've continued to dime out, and Pritch pointed out to me today. Maybe I shouldn't continue to dime out that his Mercedes was blue because now everyone's going to be driving around town looking for a blue what Mercedes. Kind of blue? Light blue? Dark blue? <laughs> that was kind of dark. People <laughs> start calling in. You get a license plate number? <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. <laughs> but I will say, in the 702, I think there's plenty of blue Mercedes driving around. I know there's plenty of fancy cars driving around. That's for sure. So we got our media scheduled today, so I'm excited about that, man. There's going to be a lot of 730 a.m. practices for the Raiders, obviously, with it being 110 out, as that's what the, 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 the heat is right now, temperature.
0: All right, real quick, got to go back to it. If you see him again in the near future, you do you bring it up? You yeah. It up?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Next time I see him, I'll say, hey, what's up, coach? Next time I see him, it's going to be like we're homeboys, because that's how I am. Once I meet you once, you're my homeboy. I mean, I I, I will uh, uh, adopt you as my homeboy, even of if you don't want to be adopted. No, I will we're, adopt we're, you. We're
0: good friends now.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We go. I always say that's my guy. You'll hear me say that a million times. Oh, that's my guy. Me and Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr.,
0: had one interaction at a big three. event. That's your guy then, my, my boy. That's, exactly. That's how it is. And
1: and you can't say you're wrong. Like I said, there's nothing I say that's the, that's not the truth. I mean, we're we're people. I mean, Gruden rolled down the window, slowed down to talk to me. It's my guy. Like that episode of Martin, they called me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, bro, man, from the fifth floor. I was just chilling, having a sandwich. Coach Gruden was like, what's up, Q? Like, I'm going to, as this story continues, it's going to be way more, you know, in like three months, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, the first time I met Coach Gruden, he rolled up, was like, what's up, dog? <laughs> you know what I mean? I would have joined, joined you on the show, but, you know, I got dinner reservations. Yeah, you I got things what? to do, homeboy, but I, I'll catch you on the next side. You know, you know I, of course, we'll, this story will grow legs, but for the most part, it's true. <laughs> it's true right now. Now, three months from now, I can't guarantee how many more elements I may have added to it, but at the same time, that's what makes a good story. <laughs> so I'm excited for football season, man. I'm excited for a training camp. Expectations, you know, what's going to go on, who's going to win jobs, who's going to lose jobs. You got 90 men going to be in training camp starting on the 27th. 53 make the roster. 53, that's almost half that don't. So it's going to be interesting to see how they shake that out, see how the depth chart looks when it's all said and done. How is it going to? You know, how is the offensive line going to be structured as far as not just the starting five? Because the starting five is great. I think the Raiders across the board, for the most part, have really good starters at almost every position, if not every position. The problem is with football, in the NFL especially, it's a grind. It is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And this year, it's 17 games. So not only do you have to have good quality behind your starters, you've got to have some good quality behind your starters, starters, starters. You know what I mean? You've got to have almost three deep, and that's impossible to have super depth like that, but you've got to get the best 53 you can get out of those 90 that you have. It's going to be a challenge for every team this year, 17 games, and then you're expecting to make a playoff run as well. Sometimes teams get healthy at the right time. Sometimes teams get hot at the right time. And sometimes teams start off really strong. And then all of a sudden, an injury here, injury there, injury here, injury there. You know, one guy goes down, boom, the the game changes. You know, I mean, that those are all elements that play into what we love, the game of football. So just some of the conversation that we'll have on today's show. Of course, I always come to the show with a, a topic that I want to throw out there for the Ash text line. You can visit Salmonash at Salmonash.com because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you use the keyword r and R. I I did a whole show yesterday, and I never gave out the keyword. So right now there's like 500 text messages floating around in the space that Kevin Durant's in. And it probably bothers him because he's reading these, these text messages, and he's thinking that they're talking about him. Oh, this guy's not going to make the team. And KD's thinking, who? You know, because that's just how KD is. He's, he's in his feelings. I love the talent, dude. I love the talent of KT. Don't get me wrong. Love his talent. He is a dude. When he, when he was at OKC, I thought he was a certain he, – he, he gave a certain persona that he was a certain guy. When he went to the Warriors, all of a sudden he became – and I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I know you are. I know you're actually a, 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 a professional wrestler. I say that loosely.
0: It's real, brody. It's, it's real, buddy. Don't. don't Let's not know?
1: get in that argument. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's not go there, Devon. But I understand what you're saying. You know, there's a guy in wrestling that's the good guy, and then there's the guy who's the bad guy. And it, what do they say when, you, when you're when you a good guy and then you turn bad guy? What is it, a heel? Heel turn, yes. Yeah, heel turn. KD made a heel turn once he left OKC and went to Golden State. And, you know, right before he left, he started, he started to see a little bit of cracks. You know, you started to see that he had a little bit of heel turn in him. But when all of a sudden he became a member of the Warriors, he was all the way in. I'm... I'm like Batman with the black suit. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Hulk Hogan joining the
1: NWO would be the example. There you go. Okay. Well, then, see, we're on the same page. (laughs) But, again, love the talent. Don't want to discredit the talent is great. He's just a different dude. And that's okay. Everyone is not cut from the same cloth, and everyone's not a a cookie cutter. You know what I mean? Like, everybody is their own type of person. So that's fine. It's just I I realize that KD is a different dude. And he ends up in Twitter spaces arguing with people that I don't even know their name.
0: I love that I, like, ruin 10 minutes of your day by making you listen to Oh, I to can't that. get that 10
1: minutes back <laughs> at all. At all. But at least it made for some good conversation on the radio, I guess. <laughs> you don't want to dive deep into no. why, his, his thoughts no. on Ethan Strauss? No, not at all. I don't even want to talk about KD. I, I had to get it off my chest because it would have bothered me.
0: You know we got Ted Wynn coming up. You know he works at the Athletic. I know. Maybe we should be like, hey, hey, you got Ethan's number? No, <laughs> no. And that's why when you Ethan told me he worked to at respond? the Athletic,
1: I felt bad because I know we have we have uh, we have Ted coming up, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone at the Athletic because everyone there has got a lot of good talent. I just didn't realize that that's who KD was tripping on was a dude at the Athletic. I didn't realize that. And on top of that, if you're if you're tripping on him, take it up with him. Why are you taking it up? And you said this guy, who was it that they were in?
0: They were in some general advertising. Gravity Merchant, and that is um that's his name. Okay. His actual at is Urkel9. Urkel Nine. Urkel, Nine. Urkel. Don't forget the nine. Wait,
1: no. Let's let's get to pers- some perspective. Urkel, as in Steve Urkel.
0: Yeah, I'm not mistaken. I went to go check because I was like, oh, I don't want to discredit um Gravity Merchant at Urkel
1: Nine. Yes, it's at, at Urkel Nine. Like as in Steve Urkel. Do we all know what, who Steve Urkel was back in the day? I used to watch Family Matters. I actually met Steve Urkel back in the day. Shout out to Jaleel White. He'll never be known as Jaleel White. He'll always be Steve Urkel. Dude could be 60 years old and say, like, oh, that's Urkel. How could KD jump into – that's got to be a setup. That was a setup. This guy's
0: – he's gained over 1,000
1: followers. That, that's why I'm saying it was and a I, setup. I, he gave please. KD – and see, KD smart, smarter than me. KD got paid to go into that and have a little bit of a BMO session. And all of a sudden, this Urkel got a lot of attention, and now Urkel's got a lot of followers. His name is Urkel. I'm not disrespecting him. His name is Urkel. Oh, boy. (laughs) Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Coming up on today's show. DeMond mentioned Ted Nguyen from The Athletic is going to come up. Really, really good film breakdown. I really enjoy talking to Ted. Uh, There's been a lot of good conversation about the Raiders and a lot of the the film breakdown, and and especially on defense. You know, Gus Bradley's scheme, the cover three scheme. How is that going to fit a guy like Damon Arnett, uh, Casey Hayward who comes from the scheme? How is he going to be so comfortable in it? You know, and, and just also different elements of Gus Bradley's scheme because a lot of folks just assume that, oh, it's Gus Bradley. Oh, he's, you know, comes from the Seattle Seahawks tree. It's got to be cover three, but there's other elements to it. You know, we talked to Kirk Morrison yesterday, former Raider linebacker, talked to him on the show. And he said, it's a sim- simplistic type defense, but it's got many wrinkles to it. But at the same time, it's, it's just, it, it, it's, it's simple enough for players just to go out there, and react and play. So uh, really enjoy talking to Ted Nguyen. So we'll, we'll talk to him coming up about 425, five o'clock. Kicking off hour number two of In the Huddle, Dr. Robert Odell's going to join us, ask him about that uh, Tom Brady situation, playing with a torn MCL all season long that, by the way, was never on the injury report. I don't know where you're from, but where I'm from, that's a, that's a, that's a foul.
0: I think this might be Tom Brady just trying to add to his legacy. Nobody knew about it except uh, Alex Guerrero. Well, uh,
1: I don't know, Tom. I mean, I don't know. So now we don't have any proof, huh? I don't know. But I know that it's not, it's not legal. I know if, exactly. if, he's, if he was injured all season long, torn MCL.
0: It's easy to say now if you won the Super Bowl, you know I did it all too on a torn, torn MCL
1: too. I mean, maybe. I don't know, but we'll ask Dr. Robert O'Dell his thoughts on that. I know Phillip Rivers, when he played for the Chargers, he had a torn ACL, played for a little while in a the, in the playoff game. Tough dude. So maybe, maybe Brady's trying to pad his stats a little bit. I mean, when you got stats like Brady, you don't really need to pad them. Now, if you're a dude like me, you might want to pad your stats. You know, if you hit two home runs, you might say you had three. You know, or you might say you had, you know, two home runs on a torn labrum. But, DeMond, you don't know. just got in town. You know, there's that celebrity softball game coming up next week. You got any? You, you snuck in? No, I'm not in. No. <laughs> but I got skills. I got skills. I, I will be the first to tell you. Back in Central Texas, there's always – and John McClain's coming up on the show as well. And John McClain will tell you because it's his tournament that we always play in or that I always play in. I hit dingers. Remember Big Al? Remember Big Al? From I hit the, dingers. Yeah. My name's Big Al, and I hit dingers. That's, that's me. That's your boy. You're that guy. Yeah, hey, yeah, I hit dingers. You are that guy. Yeah, back in the day, I used to get my Ricky Henderson on. I used to steal bases. I used to be really fast. Oh,
0: so not only do you hit dingers. No, you're no. Like a, you're the no, best No, I don't standard. do both anymore. Oh,
1: okay. I never hit home runs when I was young. I just stole bases because that was my skill set. But as you get older, you got to change the game a little bit. You can't you know, steal bases like that anymore. You've got to change the game a little. So you got to just hit home runs. You don't have to worry about stealing. You know what I mean? You hit a home run, you could trot. Slow. You could pimp your walk. You know what I mean? You pop your collar a couple times. That's what your boy does.
0: We don't have a softball team around here, but I got to see these skills. I mean. I mean, we, we you're, you're right? not saying nothing but a word. I mean, I don't care if we just go to the
1: batting cages. I mean, let me just see. Again, you're not telling so tell me nothing, man. You know, we could do that. We can make that happen. That's how I get down. So Dr. Robert O'Dell is going to join us at 5 o'clock. Get a little medical backgrounds from him. And then coming up at 525, I mentioned him already, John McClain, my guy from the Houston Chronicle. He's going to join us talking all things NFL. He's also a Hall of Fame voter. Going to talk about Coach Flores going into the Hall of Fame. Talk, talk about Charles Woodson going into the Hall of Fame. Going to talk about guys like Cliff Branch not in the Hall of Fame. Is that beeping bothering you too? Is it making you nervous? I don't know where it's coming from. It's, it sounds like a backup generator, which kind of makes me a little nervous. <laughs> Kind of makes me a little nervous at times when you're in the studio and you're talking on the radio and all of a sudden you start hearing beeping, you get a little nervous, but it's okay. It is absolutely all right. We're going to work it out. So John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, he's going to join us at 525, talk all things NFL as he's preparing for another season of uh, covering the NFL. And he's been doing it for many, many moons. And I don't want to even put a number out there because I'll get it wrong. So I want to make sure I get the number right. So I'll just ask John McClain that coming up at uh, 525. So coming up next, we're going to turn our attention to Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. He's going to join us to kind of break down some film, talk about the cover three scheme August Bradley. Going to talk about, well, a running back coach that is no longer with the Raiders and how can that affect the Raiders' run game in 2021. We'll talk all that with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. We'll do it next here in the huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor.
1: Welcome back in the huddle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q holding it down. Vinny Bonsignor on vacation. That's all right. We're going to hold it down for the next hour and 30 minutes. Damon behind the, the wheels of steel. He's making everything go. Right now on the phone lines, out on the Raider Nation guest hotline is our guy Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. You can find Ted on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. And uh, Ted, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon and got a lot to get to with you, Ted. There's a, There was a report earlier, Ian Rappaport put it out that uh, the Raiders uh, running back coach Kirby Wilson has decided to retire. He's been in the league for a very, very long team. Has coached for seven different teams. Uh, I know that a lot of running backs across the league are very close to Kirby. And I think that he was a really, really good coach for the Raiders. So as you look at Josh Jacobs, you look at Kenyon Drake, the newcomer, how do you think that that impacts whoever they decide to put in that, that running back coach position? How do you think that impacts what they do on the ground this year?
2: Uh, I think the toughest thing is finding a guy that could come in and just uh, pick up John Gruden's offense. I mean, it's a, it's not an easy offense to learn. And as a coach, you know, you want to have total mastery of it. So, you know, maybe they hire a guy that's in-house, but, uh, you know, I imagine it's pretty tough to just hire a guy and expect him to know every single thing and then have to coach it up to guys like Josh Jacobs, who who knows the system. So I I think, you know, for Josh Jacobs, the impact wouldn't be that great because he's been in the system and he's been coached by Kirby and all those things. I, I think it might impact. Uh, Kenyon Drake and, and how he picked up his offense a little bit
1: that makes sense it really does and that was kind of a you know shocking news to see that earlier today when when we all know training camp is right around the corner the Raiders report on the 27th so uh, you know we're, we're less than two weeks away from from the start of training camp so to see him retire was kind of kind of a shock but you got to do what you got to do so the Raiders have to find a new coach for the running back position maybe in-house like you mentioned maybe they go out of house who knows but sticking with the offensive side of the ball of course the offensive line is, is a subject that's been talked about quite a bit throughout the offseason uh, the whole right side is pretty pretty much new from Andre James to whoever they decide to put at that right guard position, whether it be Denzel good, maybe John Simpson. And then of course, Alex Leatherwood, they drafted number 17 overall in this year's draft. Uh, when, when Tom Cable gets those guys and puts them together, puts them out there, how quickly do you think that they could all become a cohesive unit? Because it's not that easy Ted to, to be able to, to practice the, 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 the zone blocking scheme anymore with these, these, uh, the CBA, the way it's set up, the way that they practice these days.
2: Yeah, the cohesiveness is definitely going to be an issue early on. You know, these guys just don't have any reps together, and you know, uh, Leatherwood is going to be a, a rookie, obviously. Um, Andre James does not have many reps under his belt, uh, so it, it's going to be a process, and it's going to. But they're going to have to come together pretty quickly because week one they're going to see uh, Baltimore, who mm-hmm. um, blitzes like crazy, and you know, you need a line that has some experience together. Uh, this is where a guy like a veteran like Rodney Hudson would help because, you know, he could help make those calls, put them in the right position, and, and just have that kind of veteran leadership there. But, you know, they're you're, they're not going to have a, a Hudson. They're not going to have any continuity. Uh, but the Ravens are going to be a huge test for that line early on. So, you know, I, I think it might be, you know, maybe even midseason until you they, they really get going. But luckily they have a, a veteran quarterback, Derek Carr, who's, you know, really good at reading defenses and calling in protections on his own. So uh, they had the benefit of that. But as far as cohesiveness, I think it just takes games, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes until uh, midseason to really get them going.
1: Does that? Do you expect, when you say that, do you expect to see Derek Carr maybe ha- having a lot more audibles and a lot, of, a lot of checkouts, not check downs, but checking out of the original play and getting into another play as he sees what's coming up from the defense?
2: Um, you know, I, I think he does that. Already, uh, but it's just going to be more responsibility on him to get the protections right and to call out certain pressures and uh, you know have the offensive line watch for this. Um, And he just doesn't have uh, Hudson, who had he had a really good relationship with, uh, you know, as far as just communicating before the snap and uh, just having Hudson there just you know takes a little bit of a load off him. Obviously, he's still. Was able to change the protection when he needed to, but just having a guy like Hudson to make that original call was just a, such a luxury that you know he, he's not going to have with a young Andre James just yet. Right. No
1: doubt about it. We're talking right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. Uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 is what you're listening to. And, and Ted, flipping over to the other side of the ball, defense, Gus Bradley comes in as a defensive coordinator. Uh, traditionally, he runs that cover three scheme. I know a lot of people when he was hired is like, OK, it's just it's, it's cover three. That's what he's going to run. But I know that you've had many breakdowns of Gus Bradley's defense. Uh, you've talked about it. it. It's more than just the cover three scheme. What kind of wrinkles do you expect to see Gus Bradley put in and implement in this defense Especially with the personnel that he has currently,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, it's mainly that Seattle cover three type of system. Um, but you know, last year he ran more quarters than he ever did in, in his career, and I, I think that's the type of trend that these uh, Seattle coaching tree guys are starting to move to. They're starting to mix in more quarters, and they're they're starting from two deep alignments and then rotating into their cover three a little bit more, which allows them to do a little bit more disguising. Uh, Robert Sala had a lot of success doing that um, during the Niners Super Bowl run, and I think the Seattle guys are starting to fall in line uh, with that train of thought. So I I think hopefully Bradley uh, starts to adapt and starts to add those type of wrinkles uh, into his defense, which he started to do last season, but uh, I would hope to see, see more of that Uh, type of too high shell and rotate into their different coverages. Uh, this coming year.
1: Casey Hayward was a guy that the Raiders signed in, in, in free agency to come over and, and be a veteran presence in that, that backfield. And so that makes a, a competition with former first round pick Damon Arnett, number 19 overall out of Ohio State. Uh, how do you expect uh, Damon Arnett? What do you think that uh, the defensive back coach Ron Miles is going to have to do to get Damon Arnett up to speed, a guy who's more predominantly a, a man press corner than a, a guy that's really a cover three corner?
2: Yeah, this type of defense is not a great fit for his skill set, and um, you know we, we've heard reports that right now Casey Hayward would be the starter over Arnett, who who was a first round pick last year. So that obviously isn't a great sign right off the bat. But Hayward does have a lot of experience in this type of defense. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be a learning curve for Arnett, and you know unfortunately he he dealt with some injuries and some some issues last year. So. This could be another year where he, you know, really has to uh, get his mentality right and really study the playbook. And there might be another learning curve for him because of the switch of, of defenses
1: sticking with the secondary, uh, you have Jonathan Abram. He's going into his third year. Of course, they drafted uh, Trayvon Merrick out of TCU, uh, second-round pick. I was surprised he made it to the second round, but here we are, you know, a second-round pick out of TCU. So presumably, and I'm just assuming, and, and this could be wrong of me, but I'm assuming Trayvon Merrick is going to be the starting free safety and Jonathan Abram going to be the strong safety playing up in the box. How much do you think that that's going to help maximize his abilities, what he does well, kind of getting him closer to the line of scrimmage?
2: Yeah, I, I think it'll be great for him because it'll allow him to be aggressive and if he does make a mistake uh on a second level it's not as impactful as making it from deep. Um so yeah, I really like this move for him. It allows him to be physical, use that that skill set he has um to, you know, to be a run defender, to be closer to the line of scrimmage and again, you know, it, it, if he makes a mis- you know, if he tries to jump a pass in the flats, it's not and he misses is not as bad as trying to jump a, a a pass from deep and letting a guy behind you. Right. Uh, so, so I like this move for him, but he is going to be playing some too uh, some too high too. Like I said, uh, he, Bradley was calling more quarters defense last year, uh, but you know he has another year of, year of experience under his belt, and it's just about learning when to be aggressive and when to just play your, uh, player, play your part.
1: What are your expectations for rookie Trayvon Merrick? Uh, how do you think that, uh, Gus Bradley implements him in his defense?
2: Yeah, I, I, I am a huge fan of, uh, Murray, studying him for the draft. And I think the only reason why he dropped to the second round was probably because of injury concerns. I just couldn't imagine, uh, him being the, I think he was a third safety to end up getting drafted. he, for me, he was a, by far the number one, uh, safety on my board. Um, he played in a lot of too high, played in a lot of quarters at TCU. Uh, so, but you can see the, the ball skills. You can see uh, just the natural instincts, takes great angles. Uh, so I think all those skills translate well to a, to a middle of the field safety. I think he'll be mainly used as a middle of field safety. But again, a lot of experience in quarters, and Bradley is starting to call more quarters, and we'll, we'll see some of those man to man skills get. Uh, used when they're in the, in those cover four quarters type of coverages.
1: Talking all things X's and O's as far as football goes with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Corey Littleton is a guy that a lot of folks in Raider Nation, a lot of fans were uh, disappointed with the way that he played in 2020. And I, I think Corey Littleton would tell you he was disappointed in the way he played in 2020 under Paul Gunther. Uh, Richard Smith is the linebackers coach there now with the Raiders. Uh, he's well-respected across the league. How do you simplify things? How do they simplify things so Corey's not out there thinking he's just able to go out there? Similar to what I asked earlier, just kind of go out there and react, read and react, and go out there and play.
2: Yeah, I mean Littleton is the prototypical linebacker you want in this Seattle uh, system. Um, you know, he, he's very fast, athletic, can move sideline to sideline, he could he could carry those crossers across the field, which is uh, you know one of the big challenges in playing this type of defense. Uh, so. Yeah, I think the defense is going to be simplified. It's not going to be as complex as Gunther's defense. Um, they don't run a ton of coverages, but they have a ton of checks that they have to get down. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's going to be less thinking, which is going to be very beneficial uh, for Littleton, who – uh, you know, admitted that he was a little bogged down by uh, too much complexity on defense last season.
1: Yeah, it was very complex, and it was just it was something that was pretty obvious. You know, as you're watching the games, you could just see you know guys just look like they were a step behind because they were thinking about what they were trying to do. And uh, in the NFL, man, one step behind, they're gonna you're gonna be left behind. And so uh, Corey Littleton didn't put in the best uh, season that he wanted. Or Raider Nation, I do think he, he has a bounce back season this year. Now, Ted, I did want to ask you about the defensive line, Unique Ngakwe. He gets picked up. In, in free agency, Max Crosby's on another side. I don't know if they're going to play at the same time together, but there are two dudes that can get after the quarterback. How do you think one impacts the other this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it just... When you have two really good pass rushers, it's hard to chip on both sides. It's hard to you know slide your protection. You can't slide your protection on both sides. Uh, so, you know, w- one of them is going to have a few more one-on-one opportunities because the attention the other is getting uh, so that just, you know, having two guys where uh, on each on each edge is going to be difficult for offenses to game plan for, uh, you know, I think Crosby needs to develop a little bit more. He he did have um, kind of a down season last season, maybe because of injuries, but, uh, with, you know, we know Ngakwe could be an elite pass rusher, and if Crosby could step his game up and, and be that pass rusher that we, we think he can be, um, then the Raiders are going to be very difficult to block in in, in those obvious passing situations.
1: Yeah, I mean, crosby has been the best pass rusher for the Raiders the last two seasons. Seventeen sacks for for his career so far. And and Ted, in this defense, in this Gus Bradley scheme, how critical is it going to be to have that that pressure up the gut? How, you know, to, to to take away that that pocket that a quarterback can step up and deliver the ball. Somebody's got to be able to be a presence right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think with with any defense, you have to have some sort of push up front. You know, even if you have two really guy, good guys off the edges as the quarterback and just simply step step up in a pocket and avoid those guys, it's not a good thing. Um, and, and the Raiders, you know, made a ton of investments into the defensive tackle um, position during free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was kind of disappointed to see Mo Hurst let get go. I thought he played really well before he was injured, and he just didn't look the same after he was injured. Uh, but I think they have hope that Solomon Thomas yeah. uh, can be a force up the middle by you know, just focusing on playing three tech instead of focusing on uh, playing end and you know bouncing inside and and just playing too many you know those two positions um, what, like he did with the Niners. So yeah, uh, you know, I think he did. Have, watching the Niners, he, I thought he had some pass rush juice. Uh, so we'll see how, how he does. You know when he's fully healthy and just focused on that one position.
1: You know, and and you mentioned earlier Robert Sala, and I I was thinking and this is something I've been talking about throughout the course of the offseason. I feel like the the way that the Raiders really went out and got a lot of guys, a lot of uh, players on that defensive line to kind of increase that rotation. It felt to me similar to what the the 49ers did when they went on that Super Bowl run when they always had a fresh guy that they could rotate either on the edges, up the gut, but there was always a fresh dude on that defensive line. I feel like the Raiders kind of went and tried to get that same blueprint of getting quality young dudes that can get after the quarterback from anywhere on the on the defensive line is that something that you saw as well?
2: Yeah, I mean it, the the quality of uh, players that the Raiders gotten isn't really close to the, what the Niners had with Armstead and Buckner inside. Um, but you know, if Furl could develop into a, a legitimate inside rusher, mm-hmm. um, that would really help the uh, help the Raiders. But yeah, I mean, you know, we we've seen flashes from Furl, right? uh, But I I don't think he's going to get many reps on the edge uh, in pass rushing situations with Ngakwe and Crosby. So if he could really develop his inside pass rush ability, and and Thomas ends up uh, being a quality pass rusher, you know, then all of a sudden you have for pretty good uh, pretty good pass rushers uh, in passing situations.
1: And, Ted, before I let you go, I know you put out a piece on The Athletic earlier today about watching a game and how to watch a game if you're trying to really break down the film, you know, play-by-play. Play. Uh, explain to us that, that article that you put out on The Athletic earlier today.
2: Oh, yeah, it, it was a mailbag, and one of the questions was, you know, how, how do you watch the game? What do you focus on? And, you know, I, I think it just depends on what you're looking for. Um, you know, you – Young coaches, when they first get into coaching, they, they have a lot of trouble uh, watching the game from the sidelines. And, you know, one of the things is they just don't know what to focus on. So um, I, I think focusing on the offensive line is my favorite thing to do because they are the most honest of every position. <laughs> uh, and when I say honest, I mean, you know, they if they're firing off the ball, they're run blocking. If they are, you know, going backwards, they're pass blocking. But if you watch the quarterback, you do all these ball fakes and all that. But I think after a while, when you watch the offensive line, you can know what's coming by just watching their first few steps. So uh, that's what I kind of like to watch, and I kind of see everything else in peripherals and then focus on the ball. Uh, So, yeah, my advice would would be get to know the offensive line. Uh, They just tell a really big part of the story, in my opinion.
1: No doubt about it. And we know how important they are. (laughs) And that's why the Raiders, they've got to get that thing put together. I mean, they got the pieces there. They just got to put it together during training camp and try to, like we said at the beginning, try to make it one cohesive unit. Great stuff right there, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Thank you so much for your time today, my man. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend, and we'll be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. There he goes, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at, at uh, FB underscore film analysis. Does a really good job of uh, breaking down film. And he said, it, you look at the offensive line, they'll tell you a lot about the, uh, about the game, tell you a lot about the team, and let you know exactly what direction they're going and, and that's why this year and this training camp is going to be really, really critical to pay attention to the offensive line and see how quick they can start to gel. Because if you look at the schedule, and we can take a break and then come back and look at it, you look at the schedule, well, it's murderer's row with some of those pass rushers that are coming to town and the Raiders got to play. So uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to some of your feedback uh, straight off that Sam and Nash, uh text line at 69187. Keyword is R&R. And, of course, if you want to chime in on the show, you can do that on the Raider Nation listener line 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor
1: on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Okay. I hear you, DeMond. I hear you right there on the wheels of steel making it happen. 446 at the time. Raider Nation Radio 920 in the huddle. Your boy Q filling in for Vinny Bonsignor. Be filling in all next week and he'll be back. On uh, Monday, the 26th, then I'll transition to my show from 2 to 4 p.m. called Unnecessary Roughness. I brought that show title with me from Central Texas. Just a little side note. <laughs> just want you to know. Found it personal, so I thought I'd bring it with me. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're in the huddle right now. As Vinny's getting a little bit of r and a little rest and relaxation. You want to chime in on the show, you can tweet at us at R&R, 920 a.m., of course, you can also find us on Facebook, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. You can search that. You can always tweet at me, at your boy Q254. But more importantly, I want to hear from you. It's called Radio Raider Nation Radio because, well, it's all about Raider Nation. I want to hear from you. Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword r and Contact salmonash.com because you deserve what's right. Listener line, want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Every single day, I try to bring a a question to the show or a topic to the show that I want to throw out there. And I've been talking a lot about training camp. So I want to know, training camp battle. What training camp battle are you looking forward to the most? Which training camp battle are you maybe not even looking forward to but going to have an eye on, paying attention to, because you think it's going to get pretty heated? It's going to be a big-time competition. Talked with uh, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic in the last segment mentioned Casey Hayward and Damon Arnett. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. Damon Arnett was, uh, rewarded the starting job, his rookie year. I was kind of shocked by that. And the only reason I was shocked by that, not because he doesn't deserve it, not because he doesn't have the skills, not because he can't hold it down. No, that wasn't the reason I was kind of shocked by that because when Trayvon Mullen was a rookie, even though he was a second round rookie coming out of Clemson, he didn't get to start, you know, he was there and he was behind Gary on Conley, which Anyone who knows me knows I was never a Gary Garyon Conley fan. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and I don't think, and I don't want to speak for anyone inside the organization, I don't think the new regime was a big fan of him either. I just don't. That's just my personal feeling. But again, I'm not speaking for anyone. I'm just saying my gut feeling. I just never thought he fit with the silver and black. Never thought he was really the kind of guy that, that was a raider. And I know that sounds crazy. You know, Q, plays football. He, he could be a Raider. He could be a Charger. He could be a Chief. Now nah, it's just something different, man. And I say this all the time, and maybe I'm delusional. I don't know. Maybe I am. And I'll, I'll be okay. I'll own that. I, fi- I have no problem with that. I'm fine with that. I just feel like it takes a different dude. You're not just an average cat if you're a Raider. You're a different cat. You know what I mean? Like, you're just... Raider fans are cut differently. And Demond's got this big smile on his face. What kind right of now.
0: cat is a Raider cat? Like, I mean, because you make you gotta be, you gotta have that dog. Say, I mean, I you, gotta like you gotta have a little edge like
1: to you, man. You gotta have a little. There's not one person that calls the Raider Nation request lines. Listen to line. Not one person that calls in that doesn't have a little something, something to them. You know what I mean? It's it's just your average person is not a Raider. It's 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 different. It's different. And, and I'm not saying that your average person is not okay. I'm just saying it takes a special kind
0: of person to be a Raider fan. You ain't gotta call out like, I do want you to name a player, but could you name a player that's like, oh, he was a good player, had a good career, but he wouldn't have been a raider.
1: Um yeah, I could do that. Let me think. Uh, let me think of a good player that just in my opinion wouldn't have He ain't have... a
0: Raider cat, like he said. He ain't got that mm. I cause I don't I just hit that mm because I don't really know what he what they would be missing. Right. No, I I like to call it, with a menacing voice.
1: i too. like to call it a little something in your neck. You know, what I mean, a little edge, little edge. I mean, look, this is you I'm a, something in your neck. Yeah. So would you say? Would you say, hey man, you ain't got something in your neck? No, you no. And that's what I'm saying. You got to have a little something, <laughs> something to you, man. <laughs> Coach Gruden would tell me, tell you what I mean. I mean, he knows. And, and look, that's a perfect example for me. For me, I feel like Coach Gruden is a is is what a Raider is. He 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 is a picture of a Raider. I feel like Mike Mayock has Raider tendencies and just a little bit of edge a little different just cut a little differently Raider fans are different man they're just not their average cat I promise you there's not one person that calls up here and talks to us and chimes in on anything that's just your average cat and again there's nothing wrong with being an average person someone's got to root for the other team I'm just saying being a Raider as you sit in the in in the stadium as you sit in the Legion Stadium this year you just look around and you look at the people sitting around Everyone's got a little something, something to them, a little edge to him. Look at Wayne Mabry, the violator, going into the Hall of Fame, greatest fan. it has got something to him, man. There's a little edge to him, little something. I'm not saying he's, you know, walking around the angriest man in the world. I'm not saying that because it ain't got to be that. But you're just built a little different, man. I always say Raiders are cut from a different cloth, and that's cool. Everyone ain't got to be cut from the same cloth. Most of us aren't. We all are different, and that's what makes everyone who they are. I promise you.
0: I know you're not buying it, but I'm telling you. Even when you said "built different," that's that's what made me laugh right
1: there. Yo, we just built different. We are. I can, and I can say we because I'm talking about the fan base. I'm not talking about the team. But there's certain players that you just you can imagine as a Raider, and then there's certain players that you just can't. And man, I'm trying to think of like one really really good example. Oh, man, and I hate that you had me on the spot, and I can't, I can't think of a guy that had a, a – like I felt like – I mentioned yesterday when I was talking about Rich Gannon. I felt like he was a perfect Raider because he was a guy that was somewhat disrespected throughout the course of his career, was never really given the accolades that, that he ex- expected to have, but he was a damn good quarterback. And when he went to the Raiders, what did he do? He turned into a league MVP. And you know why? Because he had a little bit of edge to him. He had a little bit of chip on his shoulder. That's it, too. The, I think the chip on the shoulder is it, too. We carry that chip on our shoulder in a major way. I know I carry mine. You can see it as I walk down the hallway. I got that chip on my shoulder. It's just, I mean, it's just how I, it's just how I was raised. It's just who I am. Now, that doesn't mean that I want you to give me something or I don't want you to try to appease me. I'm going to work for everything I got, but I also had that chip on my shoulder like I got I'm going to work a little harder than the next cat to get it. It's just I just feel like Raider fans are cut a little differently, man. That's it. I mean, we're not wrestlers. We're not wrestling fans.
0: I don't even know what you mean by that. Like, I'm <laughs> mad that you're even saying it. Well, because, I'm just, man, because you're you trying to figure out. I'm you're I'm trying just looking to go at the, there. I'm just waiting for the next caller to come in and be like, yeah, Q, I agree with everything you're saying. We are built different. No,
1: because <laughs> I already know. I don't need anyone to, to, to back me up on what I'm saying because, uh, again, what I told you at the beginning of the show, what I say is truth. I speak the truth. I don't make stuff up. I wouldn't just come in here and be like, man, we're just we're just a different breed. No, but we are. We're just a different dude. Man, if
0: we could just get plugged into, let's say, like a, a, a station in Pittsburgh. You know, man, being a Steelers fan, we
1: just built different. No. A station in Dallas. We're just built no, different. No, they're not, but a they're not. In, but see, that's a great it. example. I'm glad you <laughs> brought up Dallas. I came from Texas. I know. I know Cowboy fans. They're a different breed, too, but they're not a different breed like like Raider Nation. Raider Nation has edge to them. Cowboy fans are very, very assuming Assuming because they had that star on the side of the helmet that they're going to go and they're going to win championships. Guess what? They've been starving for championships for a very long time as well. Don't don't get it twisted. I used to have Cowboy fans that used to call at the radio station try to get on my helmet, try to talk bad about me. Oh, you're a Raider, this and that. When's, this, when's the last time you won something? It's been a pretty long time for you too, Jack. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give me a break. I'm just saying. I'm going to represent. I'm going to hold it down. Now, I, I'll, I'll call it how I see it. I have no problem calling it how I see it. But I just – there's just a different element. The guy who is responsible for the Raiders, Al Davis, you want to talk about a different cat? I was a different cat. I was a dude who decided he was going to fight the league. He was going to do it his way. He wasn't going to do it the way of, of, of everyone else. He wasn't going to fall in line, take a number. He was gonna step out and do it his own way. All right. Well, we got
0: Anthony, and he's got an example of like maybe a player or two that couldn't actually play for the Raiders.
1: Well, come on with it then, Anthony. What's on your mind this afternoon? All uh,
3: right, check this out, man. Uh, hey, and he did play for the Raiders actually. And his name is Amari Cooper. Ooh, good so, one. Good one. Let me let me let me explain this real quick. Real quick. Uh, I watched you know Amari Cooper from. You know, a rookie all up until he was just hopping and bothered, wanted to get, wanted to get and get and get, get out because, you know, he wasn't getting the ball and Derek Carr wasn't throwing the ball and showing his, his, his potential and whatnot. Well, guess what, Amari Cooper? I watched you give up on a lot of routes and I watched you not run around when Derek Carr was running for his life and try to try to do something different. Like you can run a route real good, but you can't break off your route and you can't Go make things happen. You know what I mean. And look at you now. You're in Dallas. Uh, is everybody talking about Amari Cooper anymore? I don't think so. He ain't Tim Brown. You know what I mean? Amari Cooper is is the the epitome of that in my eyes because I I was happy to get Amari Cooper, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper after a while it's like, hey, Amari Cooper made excuses. Thought I wasn't getting the ball. Well, maybe you weren't getting the ball because you just run your routes and you don't you don't have any you know anything in your neck. You know what I mean? That's that's my example of that. I can't even say you know you'd be like oh well what about Khalil Mack? No, Khalil Mack tried on every single play. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know I don't know why Khalil Mack left. I don't you know I don't know exactly know why, but I'll tell you one thing: I don't put Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper in that same category. So that I just wanted to throw that out there. Amari Cooper is a Raider to me that didn't have it in his neck and couldn't make it, and there he ain't there no more. So.
1: There you go. I like that one. I like one. Thank you, Anthony, for that call. Great stuff right there. And uh, yes, hey, y'all take care, man. All right, brother. Have a great weekend. Yeah, that's that's a good one right there. And not because Amari Cooper is a bad player, because I was excited about the Raiders drafting him as well. And, and he did good for, you know, the first couple seasons. But then he started having more drop issues. He started, you know, like like Anthony said, he was give up on his route. I remember the what it was in Miami when Derek Carr was scrambling and threw the ball deep and, and Coop was open and then he, he stopped. And then it end up being an Xavier Howard interception. No, he's right about that. There's a reason why, and I'm not, this is not a Mari Cooper bash session. I'm not going to be that guy. There's a reason why Michael Crabtree was Derek Carr's go to dude. Anyone who knows, anyone who watched the games could tell you who was Derek Carr's go to guy. Michael, and everyone used to call him Grabtree because he caught everything. Michael Grabtree. Good example, Anthony. Good example. Thank you. We'll get back to training camp battles. We'll get back to, uh, you know, examples of guys that, that you know, may have played for the Raiders that weren't real Raiders and maybe guys that, you know, played in the league and were good players but couldn't have been Raiders. We'll get into all of that conversation coming up in hour number two. But before we do that, we're going to kick off hour number two talking with Dr. Robert O'Dell. He's coming up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.